Hey y'all, welcome to Mia's Corner where we talk all things creative. And today I have with me a very special guest, music content specialist at Song Trader, creative speaker, AR, everything. Welcome, Carmen Walker. Hi, hello, Mia's Corner listeners, and hi, Mia. Oh my goodness, hey. I'm so glad to be here. Such a fan of your work and all the things that you've been doing. So glad we could get connected. Um, yeah, I just really look up to you and what you're doing. So I'm just so Thank honored. Thank you. Well, introduce yourself. <laughs> tell everyone who you are. Yes. Um, so my name is Carmen Walker. I'm currently, as Mia said, a music content specialist over at Song Trader Incorporated. Um, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and I recently relocated back to LA where I went to college. So really loving that um, and really pursuing music and, you know, growing within the fields of uh, sync licensing, publishing and A&R. So those are my focuses and what I'm excited to be moving forward in. Uh, so yeah. Hello guys. Yeah, so how did you get here? What made you interested in sync and how did you get into that role? Oh my goodness. Wow. I feel like there's supposed to be a straightforward answer to this question, right? But <laughs> it's it's interesting. I feel like a lot of people's passion or connection to music may have come from like a creative side of things before you really realize that there was a whole business, you know, behind the machine. So I think that's where I kind of came in. Um, grew up in the church and, you know, singing in choirs and um, just enjoying music and feeling like that was the thing that made me different out, you know, against my peers and just really loving um, performing and singing more so when I was younger, but I was still like really shy about it. So I more so did it around like other young people, didn't want the adults to know and throw me into stuff that I wasn't ready for, like performances or lessons. I was like, no, 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 I'll keep this, I'll keep this amongst my friends, right? <laughs> so as I as I got older, I began to get less shy about it. And I really wanted to learn about um, how artists make money. I was really interested in how things are getting done, you know, hearing music and TV and film and um, listening to the different sonic choices made me interested in like producing and dabbling into that and learning about audio. So I decided I wanted to study that in college. Um, so I was doing that at Loyola Marymount University. Um, I learned audio for film and television as well as for music. Um, and that just opened up like the whole sync world to me that I didn't really know about. Um, Thank God for a class that I took, music supervision. Um, shout out to Heather Gabeer, who was my professor at the time. And she got a lot of our students uh, hooked up with um, some different companies to intern with. And that's when I had my first internship um, at Zinc Music. So that's where I learned about film and TV music and just that whole world that not a lot of people know about or just like the regular public doesn't really understand. And I learned like, oh, there's a whole avenue here for artists and creatives to monetize their music you know and it's a whole lane that not a lot of people um, are tapped into so I was really interested in that um, and that brought me to interning in the same type of realm at Sony Music and then I wanted to learn more about A&R naturally you know <laughs> putting together like um, my audio which is for audio and then also being a creative um, A&R really spoke to me so I studied that also there at Sony um, with Columbia and Epic so that really just honed in everything for me. And I knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh, COVID hit, <laughs> of course, hit everybody. And uh, had to finish up that last Epic internship while I was at home uh, in Memphis, Tennessee and finishing up my degree. 
imagine doing some senior projects, right, for audio with no studio. So that was a little, oh, yeah, you know, we made it, you know, <laughs> I passed, it was all good. Um, but then I was like, okay, well, what am I gonna do? Cause I just wanted to transition and just be living in LA, you know, live it up. Didn't wanna have to go back to Tennessee. Um, but I'm glad, I'm glad that that happened because a lot of growth happened. Um, a lot of experience as far as learning what exactly I wanted to do, articulating who I was to, you know, these different companies that I was interviewing with. And along the way, I came across Song Trader, who I'd never heard of, um, but their mission really spoke to me and how they're so um, for for the artists and the independent artists, right? And helping to get their music into different monetization deals as well as into um, mainly what we do in sync licensing, you know, getting film, music into film and TV and um, different visual media projects. So I thought all that really spoke to me and I applied and I'm here now, like six Yay. months later. <laughs> it has not been. So yeah, that's the that's the story with me. And I'm I'm so glad it went that way. You know, can't can't complain at all. Yeah, COVID hit everybody. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so can you explain just like a high level view of what Song Trader does and what place it has like in the music business? Right. So it's it's interesting because Song Trader hits so many um, pockets within the industry. Um, there's understanding Song Trader can kind of help you understand everything else that's kind of connected to it. So um, on the one hand, it's a global company, um, global sync licensing marketplace where we connect, you know, music buyers and music sellers, and we have partnerships with ad agencies and different film companies and anyone who needs music, we connect them with the artists that we have on platform. And it's through a subscription basis. Um, we have people who can sign up, sign up for free, or you can um, pay more money to get involved in our distribution services, as well as receive more generous splits when it comes to our sync licensing fees, which are already really generous when you look at it from a um, industry standpoint. Um, for the free user, we offer 60-40, 40 being our commission just on the sync fees. So we operate on non-exclusive basis. So, you know, you can have your music here, you can have it, you know, elsewhere and, you know, just get yourself in a better position to possibly get a placement which we know in sync, right, is not always promised, right? Um, music supervisors are always looking for um, choices, right? And it could come down to really anything. And it's up to that director, it's up to that head of the project. It's like, hey, we're going a different direction or we need something different or we want something completely different, right? So having those choices and having partnerships with third parties like Song Trader, you know, makes their job easier. So we're trying to do that and navigate the space and all the while, you know, find new and interesting ways to do that through tech. We're also a startup company and into, you know, music technology and, you know, using tech to be the, to be the forefront of the next stage in music licensing. So yeah, that's what, that's what they're all, all about. And it's really interesting. I would, encourage anyone who's listening, especially folks who are interested in, you know, getting into the sync world or you have music or, you know, that you're just interested in, like, you know, look up Song Trader. Um, it's just like how it sounds, but without the E. <laughs> um, so S-O-N-G-T-R-A-D-R.com. Um, and you can learn more about our, our artist services. And also if you are a company that's looking for music, um, you can also learn about us as well. So, yeah. 
Cool. I may be getting too into the weeds with the questions, but generally this is for the publishing and master's side, right? Both? So we deal with the publishing side, right? Um, but we will need like the master side cleared. Please, um, yeah. Far, yeah, who we're working with, we're dealing with um, when it does come to independent labels who happen to have artists that you know are independent and own all of their um, copyright and and their masters and things like that. And we call it, you know, one stop, which is, you know, really helpful in the sync realm. Like we only have to come to you, you know, to get approval. So um, we're working with the copyright side, but we also need, you know, both of those sides cleared in order mm -hmm. to, um, you know, move forward with getting placements. Right. And what do you say to people who have music publishers, but want to use song trader as like an asset to be able to get some visibility for like sync opportunities? Can they do that or it depends on their deal? Yeah, no, I would definitely say they can do that. Um, I would say it does depend on the deal. Like I said, that we are a non-exclusive, we operate non-exclusively, which means that you can have um, your music on our platform and we can pitch it um, as well as you can go to other non-exclusive places and get that pitched as well. But let's say, you know, you may be with a um, Warner Chapel or, you know, a Sony ATV or like a bigger, you know, publishing entity. That's also something that can be done, right? But then you just need to connect with our team and, you know, we would communicate with them on your behalf to make sure that we have permission to use the song. So it's really all about permissions and typically if you're in an exclusive deal and they just want to pitch you know you know they just want the opportunity to pitch on sync um exclusively then you know maybe sound trader isn't the route but if you really feel like you're trying to diversify your revenue streams i think it's the right way to go have that conversation say that you're interested in the company have them look into it and you know reach out and we can facilitate those conversations and and make those deals that work because it happens all the time. Got it. Cool. So just in general, like music supervision, essentially, they would rely on you. Uh, you guys build relationships with music supervisors who come to you in times where they need music and you guys like curate playlists and stuff for them. Yeah. So I'm in the music operations team. So we kind of help every department on different levels. And we actually deal with the deliveries of the actual content. So we're getting um, things prepared for blanket licensing, licensing deals. Um, let's say a company wants just automatic access, um, free access to like uh, 2000 songs or more. Well, they would pay you know a flat fee for a certain amount of songs, and then they have access to use that with you know whatever platform or for whatever project that they that they want. Um, so we prepare for things like that, but we also help to prepare alongside the music team and our strategic partnerships team that works closer with the music supervisors who, you know, are on the briefs. Um, we'll also, you know, help out, have some music ready um, just in case they, they need more options as well. So we have our hands in a lot of different things. Um, but yes, we do have teams that specifically um, make those relationships with music supervisors, as well as us even bringing some music supervisors onto the team as of now. So, so yeah, we're all about being that liaison <laughs> between um, the the visual media company or the project and the creative that has you know the music or the product. 
Yeah. So uh, independent artists, do you think it's possible for them to forge these relationships, even not being like a company like Song Trader, having that backing? Because I know a lot of independent artists want to know where music supervisors get their music from. I know they get it from like some production libraries that they have like agreements with already. So how do you get your foot in the door and build those relationships if you're not standing behind like a company or like a library? Yeah, I mean, I think it's very possible. I think those things are, it's always an option, right? But there's just certain ways that you can go about it to make it more of a reality. I would always say, you know, it's nice to have people to um, advocate on your behalf, you know, regardless of whether it's like a third party like Song Trader or maybe you have a manager that's able to, you know, make those connections and have those communications on, you know, on your behalf. But, you know, if you kind of understand the, the landscape and the players and the people who, you know, need content and know what they're working on, then there's ways that you can go about communicating that and making sure that you deliver your music in a way that is, you know, tasteful, inviting, and something that they, you know, may want to use in the future. Yeah. So you are an A&R internet Sony. Can you kind of explain like what that was like? I'm sure that was so exciting. Like what were some main <laughs> takeaways that you learned? Like personally, like I don't really understand A&R. So it'd be cool to hear your perspective of what the position really is and what you kind of learned from your internship. Yeah, it was it was interesting because, you know, I think A&R has like a really glamorous uh, outlook from people, right? Everyone always says in the industry like, oh, the two main favorite jobs are like A&R and music supervisor, right? But those are like the two jobs where there's a lot of paperwork involved and there's a lot of um, following up, right? And also making sure that you understand like money and where it's going and budgeting, right? And, you know, because it, it costs a lot of money sometimes to make those relationships or foster relationships. So, uh, I mean, in some instances it was creative, like, you know, maybe pitching some artists here and there, making playlists and things like that. But a lot of times too, it was learning like the, the day-to-day, like, you know, how, um, how to keep up with tracking expenses, right? Like for all those dinners that you're trying to have, you know, with the managers and the artists, okay, what's in budget, right? Understanding that, understanding how to communicate with record labels to, you know, book time in a studio and, you know, what are the things that are needed? And even just the, I guess the mindset behind, you know, an artist and what they need and how to advocate for them in the building. That was something that, I didn't understand before interning there was that, okay, even though we are all underneath this company and we all work here, <laughs> there's so many moving parts. There's so many projects going on and you may be really passionate about an artist that you are specifically on the team for, but if you don't have those conversations with marketing, if you don't, you know, speak with digital and like, hey, there's this release coming out, there's this thing that's happening, then, you know, some of those album layouts or whatever can fall to the wayside or just not do a great job. So I learned a lot about the importance of a team and teamwork and what that and what that looked like. Um, I guess as well as just like professionalism and just being able to sit in on meetings and see how those conversations go. And um, I guess just the, the flow of the conversations and who speaks and when and all of that. So I really take the experiences like being a fly on the wall. It was really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything 
um, definitely, but I, I learned a lot, met some amazing people and yeah, I think it was great. I would, I would recommend it to, to anyone who's interested, um, get those internships in, <laughs> just get it right, in yeah. being there. I love what you said about like things that you wouldn't think about typically about opportunities, right? Like listening in on how the flow of conversation goes, who speaks mm -hmm. when, how does the person who, uh, you're interning for um interact with other departments like so can you yeah. kind of expand on like looking at an opportunity and seeing so much greater possibility to learn from it because in our interning you think like oh I'm gonna learn about a record label but there's so much more that you learn and I'm sure you saw that as an opportunity before you even started there yeah no I think it's so valuable to to just be in a space like if you have an opportunity and I think while I was there there were some things that I definitely took for granted because when you're just going into a big space like that and it's every day and you have a key card and it's cool you can go and come you know it's like oh, okay well this is normal and it's like well no like this is an opportunity where you get to take notes you get to ask questions um you get to you know network if you're feeling confident up to it I would suggest that anyone in that space or in that you know, realm, it may feel weird. It may feel like, oh, I'm just an intern. They don't want to talk to me. Like, no, people, people want to talk. And I feel like if you, if you come off as like, hey, I'm here to learn. I want to know about your experiences. People love to talk about themselves. So, you know, put them in a position where they can share, you know, where they were when they were you, right? Before they started and how, and what that was like. Um, a lot of people are so deep into their day to day that they would love a breather. <laughs> they would love a breather and a fresh, a breath of fresh air, which is a lot of times what an intern can bring. So I would say that and <laughs> controversial, but I think one of the biggest things that you learn in an internship is just that it's possible and that you can do it. That's really it. That's why you just need to be there. You anyone can learn how to put together spreadsheets. Anyone can learn um, how to do the things that a company is going to tell you how to, you know, to do. Everyone has their own systems. They all have their ways of going about things. But those interpersonal skills, you know, you learn on the job or you learn being there. Right. You know, the timing of things and when to ask and when to um, circle back, when to push, when to lean back right? You don't know unless you're in those spaces. So you could go the realm of like, okay, well, I'm just going to apply and see what happens. That's cool. Um, but I think that's why even those people who are looking for, you know, people to hire, they're looking for those experiences that you've had. Okay. Did you have internships? Did you have apprenticeships? Did you have a mentor? Did you, you know, are you learning how to navigate the space even before you're necessarily there? Um, so that's really what I learned was that, oh, it's possible. Like everyone's just figuring it out. Even the people who are in the biggest positions, like they were given this thing because they're trusted. First, they trusted themselves and who they are. And then other people were able to trust them regardless of whether they know the day to day already. They trust you to create something different. So that's what that's definitely what I learned from being around. I'll give snaps on that. You're dropping gems. <laughs> Look, I had to learn. I'm like, we people just want to feel like they can trust you um, and that you're bringing something new to the space that doesn't already exist. So that really is just yourself. <laughs> so once you get comfortable with that and know that I can do this and um, 
obviously don't forfeit learning <laughs> and literally knowing terms or learning whatever. But as an intern, you're in a cool spot because you're not necessarily expected to know all those things. So that's why I think that buffer space in between, you know, getting a job and being in school, having those things really builds up your confidence and you're able to step in um, a lot stronger had you not. So. Yeah. So I'm sure your internship was probably like four or five months long, what have you. So how mm -hmm. did you feel when like you had to leave? Like you learned the team, you were a part of the team. And then it was like, what do I do next? Like, how was that ending and then transition for you? Did you just like jump right back in? Oh, yeah. I was a person. I was like, OK, well, Sodi is interesting because everything's in one building. So it's just another it's, it's just, you know, a level up. You go upstairs to go here, you go downstairs to go here, or maybe there's two two or three labels on one floor. So, you know, if you do a good job and you, you know, make those relationships and you express early enough that like, hey, I'm interested in staying here. I'm interested in learning about this. I would love to possibly like try out a different department, which is could be a totally different label in this, in this instance, right? Oh, I'm interested in another department everyone knows each other, right? So like, oh yeah, my best friend is the VP of this or whatever. And that's their department. Like, let me set you up or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So you just have to, um, I guess, be aware of as you're learning, what else do you want to learn? And then knowing to pivot too, because before I first, before I went into the A&R internships, um, I had the sync licensing. I had already had a class and I already had an, another sync licensing internship before that. So I was like, okay, I can either stay in this space and continue to learn about sync, even though I feel like I have a pretty good handle on it to start off with, or could I pivot to, you know, A&R? And sometimes you may feel like um, maybe it's telling the department that you don't like what they're doing or whatever, but they expect you to do that as an intern. They expect you to be wanting to learn and move around. That's what they did. A lot of times if you ask them, they're like, oh yeah, I went here, then I went there, mm -hmm. then I jumped here. And that's, that's what they encourage you to do, especially when, you know, you're young and you're in school, you know, use that time and, and do that. So, so yeah, that's what I would say. Nice. Cool. So where did you um, do your single licensing internship at? Yeah. So I, I had to, the first one was at um, Zinc Music, a place in Santa Monica. Um, I think they also have a New York office as well. And then after that, I did it with Sony Music Entertainment. So SME, just that main um, department that oversees a lot of different catalogs and artists within um, the Sony-verse, which can also include, you know, Columbia, RCA, Epic Artists across the board, just taking care of sync. But then also with the larger um, departments like Epic, Columbia, they have their own sync team as well. So it kind of all um overlap with one another which was really cool yeah I feel like a lot of these third-party companies giving all of these uh services to artists that they normally wouldn't have with like the big labels right. exclusive to that now that that's all popping up I feel like there's so many more options for artists like it's like a la carte here a la carte there this yeah. one mix with this one mix with this one it's really an entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, you, you know, as an independent artist, you are definitely an entrepreneur, right? So, you know, I think that's what companies like Song Trader do. They help to empower you as that entrepreneur, as that creative, you know, giving you a dashboard to, you know, see your music and keep up with, you know, your streams and how they're doing 
you know, through distribution and, and all these things. So you're getting a better handle on your actual content and what you have in front of you, because you may not have that, that team or that backing. So I think knowing those type of tools and knowing what's out there is important um, so that you can just manage your career more tightly, you know, and on a higher level, even as if you were signed to these major labels. And even if you want to one day, you know, being in that position where you understand who you are, where your catalog is, being able to, you know, really talk about what that is from a metadata standpoint and being able to describe your music, um, I think is really valuable. It only helps you sell yourself even more, so. Yeah, can you talk about metadata? Oh gosh, yes. What a hot topic. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious how hot of a topic it is, but it is super important. Everybody's like, metadata, what is that? It's, <laughs> it's just, it's data about data, essentially. That's really all it is. So if we think about, you know, your song or your file, right, on a very micro level, right, the song that you're uploading anywhere you want to be distributed, right, is a piece of data. And there's different, you know, metrics connected to that. There's different data points about, you know, concerning your music, like, um, you know, what is what does it sound like? What does it make you feel like? Um, you know, when was it released? When was it, you know, recording date? Um, there's, there's so many types, like theme, all these things that you can apply to your song that makes your, your music more um, discoverable and digestible, especially within the sync realm, because that's really important. That's how they, you know, that's how they think as far as what's good for a placement, right? And also those really concrete details about what where your song is and what it is as a product you know your isrc your iswc um knowing your ipi concerning um you know which pro you're affiliated with having all of that information in one place like a metadata sheet is just super helpful if you're trying to move forward um in the sync realm um and just for organizing your music in general just having that handy for any person you're trying to, you know, partner with in the music realm, any company, they love to, you know, see that you already have all your stuff together like that. That's always a plus and it always makes everyone's job way easier. So. All right. Yeah. And you said you're also interested in publishing. Forgive me. I forgot if you mentioned, did you intern at a publishing company? Yeah. So I've, I've never interned like specifically in publishing. It's always been like sync. Right, but we're actually diving into publishing a little bit more, even uh, as far as like my role and my job and getting more into like the admin side of things. Um, so I think that's super, super important. Just having, you know, being able to be an advocate for for songwriters as well, because um, really the heartbeat, you know, of what's going on and heartbeat of the industry, right? So I, I am interested in delving deeper into that side of things, and I see where the tide is kind of turning, <laughs> kind of turning in, in that direction. But I did in turn, um, at sync, like I told you, which was also a smaller publisher. So, oh, nice. yeah. So if what I was learning, I feel like more was on the sync side of, of things Publishing, and how, yeah. into, right. Into why, um, you know, the A&R choices that they made. And, you know, the, I think the lingo was a lot more about sync, but it, it was a, um, a smaller publisher that um, was bringing on writers to, writers to, I guess, fulfill the briefs that they have and the partnerships that, you know, they feel like would be best 
Um, so, you know, beefing up their catalog. So that was a, that was a good experience. It was a while ago, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, cool. yeah. Nice. Yeah. So um, you've obviously had a lot of experience, although you've just been at Song Trader a very short time, but still you have so you had so many internships. What do you say to people about what you've learned so far in the business? Because like you said, six months can feel like forever. So what have you learned mm-hmm. so far just about like the music business in general and how it operates? Yeah, um, I would say I, I do feel the difference between having an internship and having a job. I think they are two very different things. There are different, um, definitely different expectations of you, um, whether you know, you're an intern and you know, you're on the job. I think there's a lot more um, things to be aware of, you know, how to navigate the space to move politically and socially, like all these things. There's, there's different, you know, different things you need to consider. Um, but I, I have learned, well, like I said earlier, I've learned a lot of people, we, we're figuring it out. Like, it's just a group of people who are figuring it out. Like, I think that's what a company is, is like, okay, we have this vision, we have this thing that we want to do. And we're a group of people who's just trying to figure it out, <laughs> regardless of like what, you know, what your title is. Um, and to just be confident that, you know, if you were giving up, you were given a position, right, then they trust you to do it and and you can do it right and as long as you have all the tools and you make make sure to ask questions and to not be afraid to give ideas right especially if that's what your role calls for you know to be creative in problem solving and to learn new tools and new ways to go about things and to be open to learning stuff that <laughs> will make your job easier that you may not have already um, been uh, I guess familiar with when you were in college or just interning. Um, so it is a learning curve, but it's, it's natural. It just kind of happens. It's just when you have to do stuff, you're like, okay, where, where's the tool? I, there's not paying you to do it. Where's the tool? <laughs> where, where is, I know this has to be done. <laughs> so there, there's a way to do it. Right. And I think that's the thing too, is it's going to get done. Remember that. Like, yeah. It's gonna, yeah, honestly, me transitioning from an internship to a real job is just nice because you feel like more permanent, you feel like more part of the team, you have benefits, you know, people don't really talk about the money. I got a stipend when I was interning, I didn't get like an hourly pay. So I wasn't really getting paid. So it was nice to get paid. (laughs) No, and, and trust me, when you are getting paid, those ideas flow. Okay, right, right. (laughs) <laughs> those tools, those things you never knew you could do before. It comes, okay. When you have your lights be, you know, you got a light bill, when you have student loans, your your ideas, they come, they flow. <laughs> so, you know, trust yourself. I think I was I was worried about that when I was um yeah, when I was transitioning and oh, am I ready? Even though I did all this stuff, like it's still not being on the clock, it's still different. Um, have I done enough? And even if you only have one internship, no internship, like if you get the position, they saw something in you, you have something that they don't already have. Um, So be confident in that, put your best foot forward and, you know, just do it, just do the job. And you'll be surprised the things that you already can understand or put together um, fairly quickly. So yeah, I just encourage everyone on that. Like, don't feel, you know, don't feel like you have to compare it compared to anyone else's um, LinkedIn or, you know, whatever else they have going on. I know we see, especially during COVID, you know, things are starting to open up and more jobs are coming, more people are getting opportunities and everyone's been kind of waiting somewhat for their shot since 
things have been moving slower, um, but just stay encouraged. You have everything that you need, especially if you're watching this, you're interested in your field, most likely you've done the work. Um, so just keep going and you wanna be in a spot where you're supposed to be. I really feel like I was supposed to be here, like I was led to be here. And that is so much better of an experience than you know the latter, if you just kind of rush into something and it's not really what you wanted or it's not an experience that you were looking to have. Um, so yeah, just be, just be patient and it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. How do you trust your intuition? Because I know how sometimes it's like, you can be at like a certain place and then like new opportunity comes or you see something that you want to go for, but it's like, no, I don't think not yet. Even though it seems like, why shouldn't I just go for everything that comes my way? How do you kind of trust your intuition? Like, no, I want to make this move instead of that move. Wow. Yeah. I mean, for me, and, I, and I'm gonna answer in a different way too, but for, for me, I, I live my life, you know, being led by God, that's just my thing. Like I'm faith-based um, and I just know the difference between when my spirit is like, okay, this is the place, <laughs> this is the place. For me, it usually looks like if I, if I didn't do anything or most of the time I didn't do anything, this thing still happened. It's like, okay, it wasn't me right? Or like things just kind of lined up and the doors were open and it made sense. Um, and I didn't have to, there, there was no confusion. It was just like peace and clarity, right? In this space and with, and with this group of people. It's like, okay, dope. But that's not always going to be, that's not always going to be the experience, right? Sometimes, you know, it's, there's going to be pressure or there's going to be pushback around the very thing that you should be doing. So I think, I think that when things are easy to let go, you don't think about it too much. You don't sit, you don't sit on it. You know, you, okay, well, I applied to that. And if I get that, then whatever. But those things that you really feel tied to, dig into that, research that, um, try and get into those spaces where you're feeling led to go. Because I think there's something on the other side of that. And it's, some, it's something on inside of you, like trying to tell you that. So you should go after that and you should seek you know, what's on the other side. Um, but yeah, and even if you don't believe all that stuff, just trust you. <laughs> you'll be you'll be fine. Even if you have a bad experience or a bad first job, like trust that, you know, you're going to do the best that you can, right? And that this is just going to be a stepping stone to your next. And you can figure out what you like during this experience and what you don't like. And you're able to use what's already on that sheet of paper and elevate right? So just don't stop, you know, just don't sit there and be like, well, I don't like any of these things. So I'm just not going to work. Like, no, we need to work. <laughs> we need to get some experience. It may not be what you like at first, but you never know, you know, put your, put your best foot forward, right? And, and, and go after it. So I, I, I believe that that's, that that's the way that I've been going about it. And it's been working out for me. So yeah, I would encourage the same for other people. Love that. Yeah, I feel like we kind of view things kind of the same way because some of the stuff you say in between there, I'm picking up on. I'm like, because like when I first got my full-time job in the music industry, mm -hmm. like I was so happy because of something you just said, you can't go back from an experience. Like you, like it's not erasable from your resume. So the only way to go is forward. So once you finally get that job in the industry, it's like, it's only forward from here. That's why it's so exciting. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, especially in just music and entertainment. I feel like sometimes folks just want to see, 
that a you want it or that you understand it um or that you're just a part of it so sometimes you just have to to just get in the space and learn and see see what comes out of that because once you're there nobody nobody can take that away from you so just work work what you got work where you're at until you can pivot right and trust yourself when the pivot comes so. Right. Yeah. So we met uh, through Diversify the Stage, which is yes. a program uh, that came together after the murder of George Floyd in last summer, which that would be June 2020, if anyone's listening to this in the future. Uh, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, um, so many other names um, happened during that time. And then that's when we kind of connected because Noel Skaggs of Fits in the Tantrum started this nonprofit mm-hmm. called Everest by the Stage. They teamed up with another nonprofit called Music Forward Foundation, which I interned for. And then we so happened to meet through that. So that's kind of crazy. So can you kind of talk about why you think the initiative is important and how you got involved with it? Because I actually don't know the story. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, it's funny because I kind of got involved with it through community, which is why I think it's it's super important. You need it, right? Um, I didn't know anything about it, but I had gotten um, word from, oh my gosh, someone I really love, <laughs> who is over at Loyola Marymount University, Elena M- uh, Muslar. Um, she's just great. <laughs> she was over um, like entertainment careers in our um, in our career development department. So she had helped me like create my first, um, real resume from my, you know, got all those internships, any, in any internship that she touched as far as like my resume I got. So <laughs> she was, no, she was just great. And she came across and was like, Oh, this sounds like something like you, this sounds like you, you know, that's something she would do. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll apply. And I was really interested in just seeing, other young women in the space because I just felt like it was just me, especially when it comes to live music and touring and audio. Um, when I was majoring in, in audio engineering or recording arts, I was the only um, black female in the class. It wasn't a lot of us. It was like, what, 14, 13. But even when the program first started, it was only two, two African-Americans anyway. So you know, it always seemed like a space, especially film TV, that was just not, <laughs> it was not open to to other people. It just seemed very white and very male. Um, so I wanted this opportunity to see other faces that look like mine and other girls who had just, you know, lofty <laughs> dreams like mine, mm-hmm. but they were very tangible and very realistic and can be done um, if given the right tools and direction. So yeah, I was so happy to be a part of it and all things we learned, all the people that were gracious enough to come on and talk to us, had all those years of experience and just wisdom for us to glean from. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> it is really amazing. I actually just was able to get introduced with my mentor that I was paired up with. And I'm so Me too. Happy. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so happy. Like, I see y'all. This is amazing. Um, and that community part, is so important because you can't you can't do stuff on your own. Like I think I did growing up, I was like, oh, I can do I can do this, I can get this, I can blah blah blah. Oh, I can be quiet but still be maneuvering on the low. Like, no, not really. It doesn't really work because <laughs> at some point you're going to need people, especially within music and entertainment. There's always a team involved. It is a team effort. 
all the time. <laughs> and if you're not, if you're your own team, then you may be burning out on the thing that you're really meant to be doing or that you're really supposed to be putting energy to. So I just love that. I really love that. So I'm, I'm excited to be a part and anyone else who's listening that, you know, would fit the criteria to come on and join, like, please oh, yeah, do. I didn't really explain what it was. I said what? the name of it. So diversify the stage is essentially giving young women, young women of color, mostly is the focus opportunities in the live entertainment, uh, production, audio engineering space, just being able to, it's a masterclass series. So we met every Friday. Um, and there were speakers every week on different fields. There was even music business. There was like people from labels, women from labels, and it was all women, right? If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. And it, it was just great. So we got to speak with them, ask some questions over Zoom, of course, because we're still in COVID. But uh, we got to do like breakouts. So it was really cool. I think it was a great experience. And now we have mentors. <laughs> now we have like real, legit, amazing mentors. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I I couldn't be happier. And thank you to everyone at Diverse by the Stage. Yeah, if you're listening. Hey, Nas. Hey, Hey, y'all. But yeah, that that was just an amazing experience. So I'm I'm excited for other girls to come in and and have the the same experience as we did. Yeah, so what are you looking forward to as far as your career? Like you're at Songture, now you're doing sync. I assume you want to get into some type of music supervision or something. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I've really noticed this need for understanding within the sync and publishing realms and just how um, more artists can can just monetize their creations. Right. So I'm looking forward to diving deeper into that. Um, but I really love a <laughs> I think that's important, too, or just, you know, putting people's music out in front um of the people that need to hear it right in order for them to make the next step um so i may be interested in doing that on the songwriter side you know publishing anr in that way um and it meant you know administration all those things that kind of tie together as far as like the vehicle behind um the music and and how um that's able to get from point a to point b <laughs> as far as your music's out now how do i get my money and where does it come from I'm, I'm interested in that. And then just, you know, the education side of that too. I'm looking forward to being able to give back and in a similar way as diversify the stage and, and, you know, have mentees and and speak to people. I really love it. I think it's important. Um, and, you know, one day ownership, I'm, I'm really interested in, you know, owning a publisher. Um, I think having a space for specifically like Christian music would be amazing. Um, so I want to take some time to, to learn about that space and how I might go about um, making that happen within, you know, the next couple of years. But, you know, in the meantime, just just learning and, and working and seeing what the journey, seeing how the journey takes me. So. Yeah. And studying, right? Because I'm some publishers popped into my head that are strictly for Christian music. So a lot of people think they want to be so innovative that they don't want to look at people before them because they think I think right. this way too sometimes like I'm going to be the most amazing and I can't look at anybody else because my yeah. idea has to be so unique but right. you can study do like case studies on like other companies what was successful what wasn't that's important like some of the best ideas were the same ideas from other people just a tweak right mm-hmm. or this was or just you know studying to get 
what was the need here? What was missed or what could have been tightened up or, you know, how do you put your own flavor onto something? I think that's, that's important. And that's a way to go too, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. And <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm interested in. Not to say that that's exactly what's going to happen or everything has to go according to plan. Like I said, I'm, I'm just leaning and trusting on God and leaning in my faith and um, whatever else I'm supposed to be doing, I, I want to do that as well. So I want to leave space. Um, but I know it's going to be exciting. So thank you for being a part of that. Yeah, thank you. This was so cool. Of course. I I could talk all day. I could, yo, I could too. It's been good. (laughs) Nice. It's a nice break for sure. Yeah, cool. So let people know where they can find you on socials, if they want to contact you, if they want to ask you for a deal, and they're just getting people ask me I'm like I can't help you like (laughs) sorry (laughs) that's hilarious but yeah I'm typically on um, Instagram and LinkedIn my Instagram is the Carmen Marie um, Marie spelled M-A-R-I-E and you can also find me on LinkedIn just under my first and last name Carmen Walker Um, I'm also not as often, but I'm on clubhouse as well, um, at the Carmen Marie as well. So you may see me like listening in on some conversations. I may be on a stage. I may not be. Dropping some gems. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Been a minute. (laughs) It's been a minute. I've been holding my head down lately, but I do feel like I need to get back into that space because it's just so freaking cool. Um, (laughs) so yeah, you guys can go and, and interact with me over there. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. 